Hello, welcome to uh, Enter the Asylum. Uh, I'm a, uh, a amateur amateur audio technician, and uh, we're going to uh, um, uh, Tokyo uh, today, and we're gonna go talk about uh, global warming. I'm like really excited. I'm your professional uh, superstar host, Benjamin. I'm uh, his brother, brother, brother uh, and I'm just a- along for the... I'm just here to support my, my brother. And, um... Yeah, I don't really know anything about global warming. Or Tokyo. Or Tokyo. Or Japan, period. Or <laughs> just Asia in general. Maybe, I heard maybe we should have living in Tokyo. Maybe we should have researched um, anything about Japan before coming here to Tokyo, where we totally are right now. Um, I have to say, strong Birdemic vibes from from this movie, especially the, movie, yes. the, the the end in, in particular, but we'll get to that. Yes. Our movie um, today is Monster. Which we watch, and we're recording this in the midst of... Um, um, coronavirus lockdown yes our first um, i'm technically all the eps- other episodes recorded like a month ago so yeah <laughs> but hey this this gives us a chance to uh um you know dock some episodes you oh. know uh have some stuff have some content ready to go afterwards but yes this is a film about two filmmakers who go to tokyo but then a monster attacks just like cloverfield uh, we should say this is a ripoff of Cloverfield. It's yes. done with that found footage style with a handheld camera. Yes, like I mentioned um, last episode, uh, my deep fear of it being <laughs> garbage, uh, shitty, shitty camera work. Hundred percent true. It was awful. I, I and yet I will say there were uh, some aspects of this movie that made it one of the most technically competent uh, movies the asylum has ever done mm. that's not high praise no maybe but not. i think like there were certain aspects where i was like wow they actually kind of tried um i think and i definitely think the um the aesthetic of a handheld camera is something the asylum is much better equipped to handle than what they usually do. Um, And I think it might actually be better for them if they had done more movies in this, in the style. Um, Probably know they might have. I maybe I probably not. I doubt it. Since they really, they're really a trend catcher. You know? they're, yeah, they're they're really more on trends. Um, yeah, they're definitely not a trend starter. They're purely a. Um, they're they're they just kind of like trends, a big. Yeah. They're they're like you know those nets that you have in uh, runoff ditches that like catch all the garbage that collects uh, <laughs> before it, if so it can't run off into the ocean. They're like one of those, but for for film trends, um, everything gets there too late and it's the it's garbage. It's the sewer of Hollywood. Um, I mean, I mean, the asylum is basically, I think, can be viewed best as the um, product of the toxic runoff of Hollywood. It's a bunch of failed actors, um, or like, yeah, failed actors, uh, failed technicians, and failed ideas and failed concepts. Um, that's the asylum in a nutshell. It's very much part of the Hollywood ecosystem, but it's this weird little parasite that feeds off the toxic runoff. Um, my other thought watching this movie is it's very weird to watch this uh, watch a movie about a crisis 
when an actual crisis is happening. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, because like L.A. is shut down right now. Like people are not allowed out of their homes except to do something at, like absolutely vital, like go get groceries, mm. or if your job is actually important enough to keep society running, um, then you you know you do that. But so it, it's it was very odd watching this movie and seeing these sort of blase way people are reacting to it and you're just in the moment going, oh it's like, confusing in this film and it's really confusing the, and you're in the moment going like that's not how people are responding can i just say this is slightly off topic but i can't relate to any ads that now come out if I see any advertisement, it immediately becomes yeah. incredibly unrelatable because yes. there's a bunch of people yes. together doing oh, fucking things outside. God. I can't relate to your yes. shitty product. <laughs> how, am I, how am I supposed to do that, man? I don't have friends out the right now. The Asylum has its full ca- uh, catalog on Tubi, and um, you have to watch ads to see anything uh, for yeah. free on Tubi, which is fine. But yes, I've had this experience like going to like kind of when this thing was starting off and I was still kind of going to a friend's house and like looking at TV and it was watching commercials was the weirdest thing. Cause you would see like a car commercial for like, you know, the Toyota Camry go out and experience life. And it's like, you know, sh- shots of people driving their beautiful new car out to, you know, a party in the city and they're having brunch with people and you're watching it going like, that's not real. <laughs> That's not that can't happening. Be happening. Yeah, exactly. It's unrelatable. Deeply unrelatable. Yeah. Well, so many ads are um, uh, commercials are, are aspirational. Yeah. And they're talking about like, don't you wish you had friends? Don't you wish you were classy and people liked you and admired you and you hung out with cool people? And it's like, none of that matters now. <laughs> none of that matters. There is, there is, there, that's all gone. We, it's all gone. <laughs> but yeah. Um. <laughs> if uh, uh, if anything um, has you know made it starker, whether what you do is of value to society, like whether you actually contribute something to society, it's this moment right here. Are you still working? Then you are contributing something to, to society. If not, do you, then no, <laughs> you are doing nothing. <laughs> I want the assignment to go like, don't worry, we're still making movies. Oh my god! I really want them to post a tweet like that. I'm sure they've god. stopped. I haven't been paying attention. Damn but... it! Well, I, yeah, I mean, all the all the studios have shut down. But it'd be so funny if Asylum was like, damn well, it, Asylum is essential. Damn it! People need entertainment. <laughs> yeah, they got they got a uh, exemption from the governor to from continue LA. operation in, 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 in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I'm sure the asylum is shut down. All the film studios are yeah. shut down because you know, in order to make a film, you need um, people to gather. Mm. Um, but the asylum has always kind of, you know, sort of the black market. <laughs> they've always kind of thumbed their nose in the face of authority. Um, so I, I actually wouldn't be that surprised if they were still telling people to come to Rook. They're probably out filming right now. They're probably out like, oh, we could do a doomsday film oh. where like it's the end of the earth and all the streets are Yes, empty. exactly, exactly. What a hustle that would be. Oh, what a God. goddamn I mean, yeah. hustle. They're probably I don't have out to there. pay for any. Uh, who's going to stop me, right? Who's going to stop outside? me? 
Well, there. Well, until pay the for cop any co- rights well, or any sort of location. Well, you know? until a cop comes by and it's just like, "Hey, what are you doing? You need to stay home." Which has um, the rumor is that that is starting to happen. Mm. That the cops are actually telling people, "No, unless you have a good reason to be out, you need to get the fuck home." So um, there might be a limit to this hustle, but hell, you know, they're probably out there right now. The problem is though, everyone is like everyone who wants to like get the picture of like, "Ooh, it's Hollywood Boulevard, but it's empty." Ooh, it's like the apocalypse sure. it's it, it everyone who would like to do that is out there well, trying now to it's do david's it. chance he can probably sneak in and put his own star on the finally put, on, put his own star on, on the, the hollywood walk of yeah fame. exactly he can finally sneak up and place it there no one's gonna notice no long last yeah by the way this is in there uh written by leg scott and edited by and performed by leg scott movie Wait, no, this is David Michael Latt, not Lake Scott. Shit, I'm saying Lake Scott. Why am I doing that? I'm my... No. <laughs> Fuck me. David Michael he's, Latt, he's, yes. He's really he's a hard one. trapped inside my head, clearly. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a hard one to get out there. Uh, but yes, written, edited, produced by David uh, Michael Latt, and then directed by... What was his name? Like, um, End- Endelberg or something like that? Oh, I can tell you right now. Yes, it's Eric Forsberg. He's made some other films we have seen. Such as? I'm, let me go over here. <laughs> Click the tab on the He's IMDb He's the director page. of Alien Abduction. Oh, great. This is the one. He, and he, re- he also wrote a bunch of films, including 30,000 Leagues Under the Sea and oh, Snakes okay. on a Train. Oh, okay, okay. Well, the uh, the weird spirit of Snakes on a Train, I feel like, does carry over to this. But he actually wrote that, and, and yes. this one he directed. Um, yeah, this one's a very strange film, but strange in a kind of interesting way. Um, takes place in Tokyo, and I say that with, you know, heavy quotation marks. Um, There's a scene in Tokyo for sure. There was at least one. There was at least one shot that's filmed in Tokyo. One scene. Okay, let's let's jump into it. So basically, it's two sisters. They're a they're a little they're they're filming a documentary about global warming, I guess. And they They, they they're going to Tokyo. It but, starts a little banter about like, oh wait, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, the first shot of the film uh, I should mention is it's like a local, it, it's Cloverfield style. Yeah, yeah. On January seventeenth, so an earthquake hit Tokyo, and January the quake killed more than seven thousand people. Right, seven thousand people. That's like, that's really low. It's weird. That's low. really low for what you're about to see. And then it and, gets like another shot, which is like, but that wasn't actually really the case. Right. Uh, but my favorite thing is there's a local news shot of uh, it says like the death toll in uh, Tokyo continues to rise. And it's like stock footage of like a burning building falling over. Um, but my favorite thing is the little cryon at the bottom is just copied from that other asylum movie we watched. I think it was the um, it was the Christian one about the end of the world, the rapture, oh, and right. the Isn't meteor. Isn't that film just called The Apocalypse or something like the that? The Apocalypse. Thank you. The 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 Apocalypse. It was it was just copied from that because it's the exact same text. It says, well, wonder, um, "Oh, the like meter one? thousands thousands killed, governor missing in action, gotcha. national guard deployed." And it's like, wait, this is Japan. Mm-hmm. Why would we be deploying the national guard to Japan? Well, this is, that'd be funny, is the actually. Governor of Japan, like you know, the governor of Japan. Yeah, yeah. 
that you that know, checks the out. You know, governor of Japan. You know, the shogun of Japan. He's still there. You know, the you know. governor. Um, um, so, uh, so I thought that was funny. That makes perfect sense because I bet they're just movie. using. The, they're probably literally just reusing that same stock. You know, like image they it's made the for that film. Same stock footage. It's the same cry. On the only thing they changed for this movie is they changed the headline on the top to like "Earthquake Devastates Tokyo" or something like that. Um, but um, I anyway, bet that was so, just a quick edit job they did last second. And, and then there's a couple shots of like uh, from later in the movie where people are running through the streets of like of Tokyo, and immediately I recognize the 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 the, um, the Japanese village mall in Little Tokyo here in Los Angeles. In that very first shot of people running, I was like, "Oh, fun! <laughs> this is gonna be all in Little Tokyo." Um, but then um, when we get to the actual movie where it's these two sisters, um, and they're, like, doing, like, dumb banter yes. as they're preparing to fly out of LAX. I want to say something, like, too. Yes. Um, yes. so, in Intermedio, <laughs> okay. I mentioned that the characters in that film are some of the stupidest people in a science yeah. film. I think these people are dumber. I um... think these absolutely are dumber than any other character we've seen no, so far. No, I'm still going to rank Intermedio as, as... I'm still going to rank those kids as stupider than these ones. Mm. If only because there were moments where I kind of related to their plight of being in a foreign country and not having a good grasp on the language sure. and being sort of lost. Not to... Not, to say that these characters are not incredibly stupid um and they are like they are completely hopeless like like only one of them speaks like i would say like th- like three words uh, five <laughs> words of japanese total basically um and so like so my sympathy is extremely limited but um but i, I i'm still gonna rank intermedio as those kids being a lot stupider sure that's fair uh, but yeah, so there's like some b- dumb, dumb banter. Yeah. Like, it, oh like, god, packing. it sucks. It really, really shows you what their like what their personality is. It doesn't actually. Uh, these, are these shoes it, Oriental? Oh my gosh, wait, is that racist? <laughs> You're so PC. It's like oh. Or is that is the Chinese or Japanese? It's like it's like yeah, it was like a little flower on her shoe, and it's like oh yeah, like they got the little Oriental flower. Oh wait, am I not allowed to say Oriental? It's just like you're so PC. So our two uh, filmmakers are Aaron and Sarah. And Sarah Lynch, Lin- their last name is Lynch. Mm. Sarah and Aaron Lynch. Now the thing is, one of the actors. Her name is literally Sarah Lynch. Yeah, it's weird, right? <laughs> but then the other one is not Aaron Lynch. It is Aaron, but it's Aaron something else, not actually sister to Sarah Lynch. It's merely yeah, playing and her sister. You but, might they, have noticed, but they use their actual names, which is kind of weird. Notice, but both these actors have been in previous Asylum films as well. I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, but yeah, they're driving to LAX. They got a little, like, you know, those little uh, uh, handheld cam shots of them, like, you know, driving in. And then they're in the terminal. And then cut to uh, they're in Tokyo. And this kind of shocked me because it's footage, handheld camera footage, granted, but it's footage of them actually in Japan. Yeah. They're, like, actually in a Japanese train station with Japanese signs, and they're actually in, like, the main part of Japan where, like, all the, the um, 
uh, LED signs are and everything. And I was like, oh shit, did they actually film this in Japan? No, it was just that one part. Yep, some, everything some else, quick vacation pics. You know, everything else. Yeah, like a like maybe two hours worth of of a vacation or something. Like you know, everything else is shot in Los Angeles, which made the inclusion of the Japanese like part really weird. Like, like, well, wait, if, if you're going to spend the rest of this movie filming LA for Japan, then what was even the point of that? Like, I want to say like, like, like generously, like two minutes worth of footage in Japan. I'm sure it's just an excuse to like, a vacation. It was an excuse for a vacation. For sure. I guess, but this is this is the asylum. That where they about. went to Tokyo and found out that the permits maybe were far too expensive. I was thinking that too. It was like it makes sense to film the like more kind of like destruction scenes in in little Tokyo where you can actually like get the permits for this at night. Mm. But you could still shot more in Tokyo than they did. Like you could have gotten because there's a lot of this movie that takes place where they're just kind of like running around like various like you know back streets and trying to find people and everything and. They could have done some of that in Tokyo, I feel like. So the reason they're going to Japan is to make a documentary about global warming, but more importantly, what Japan thinks America is doing for global warming. Right. Uh, uh, well, I don't... Okay. Fuck here. <laughs> so this is really funny. So so they, they start by interviewing a guy... What was this guy? Was he like from the environmental? He was from like the Ministry of the Environment yeah, or something whatever. like that. But this he film was... has fantastic sound editing, where the traffic is often louder than what. Oh, what is the, oh you, my you god! You can't understand what anyone's saying because the traffic is too loud. Oh my god, that was my favorite thing. So they're in his office, they're interviewing him, and also the the position of the camera in this instance is so bad because like they set the camera, which. Like I don't think he would use a tiny handheld camera for like a serious. It's really like, funny, yeah. It's like, super oh, yes, funny. we're a professional outfit, and we. But like, but then she sits in such. So like, they set it up like interview style, where it's like, oh, the reporter in this case, Sarah Lynch, is gonna like sit like you know with her back turned to the camera, and you're looking at the interview subject ahead. But she sits in such a way that like her hair and her shoulder are like blocking part of the shot, which is like it looks so stupid. But then, but yeah, then then you hear like fire trucks, and this is before the earthquake strikes. Um, so why there's already fire trucks is, is kind of funny, but then like they turn and it, it turns out they're like halfway up a giant skyscraper. Uh-huh. So it's like, how the hell are you hearing fire and trucks? Don't worry about it. <laughs> there. Just enjoy also, the, the in, in, like inaudible dialogue. That's impossible also, to hear. Well, there there were two there were two favorite things. So yeah, the, so the sound design is 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 pretty nuts. It drowns out the dialogue oftentimes, but that didn't bother me as much as the dumb camera effects they used. To oh simulate. fuck, they're so bad. They're so nonsensical. It's <laughs> they're so, constantly using random like little fucking shitty you know shock camera effects. We're like, whoa! Suddenly the camera turns all pink now. Whoa! Now it's so, all blurry and like and glitchy. 
So you know how like in, in Cloverfield, when someone like drops the camera or like something happens and it rolls or something like that, the footage goes all like staticky and then there'll be like moments where like the camera goes to cuts to black um, and then it, it, it picks up again, basically, as if like the footage got interrupted and then it picks up again. Okay, so that in Cloverfield, that stuff is limited to like kind of the action scene. In this movie, it happens, it happens throughout the entire it's movie. It's funny like because it, there's no moment where they fuck up the camera and it starts having glitchy effects. It seems to just start. It just starts. It doing just kind that? of happens. It also just happens whenever like an earthquake starts and then suddenly the footage gets fuzzy and that doesn't make any sense. I guess you could argue that maybe like the actual videos, like the card, like the video card inside the camera, was busted. But, but it doesn't, I mean, that's giving Simon no, too much credit. No, it's it's like the earthquake starts, and then like every time an earthquake, every time the ground starts shaking, the camera gets all like like fuzzy, and that doesn't make any sense because nothing's happening to the camera. Mm. Like it would make sense if you're talking about like an in, in, in internet signal, like oh the signal's getting shaky because things are happening that are disrupting the signal. But this is a camera with tapes. Like they have say like oh how many tapes do you have left? That that shouldn't do anything to the camera um and then yeah and then so much of the glitch effects just are nonsensical and there's so many of them and there's so many different kinds of them yeah and that's the thing that's weird is they keep throwing in new glitch effects and it's it's like no single camera can do all of these things some of these glitches are um digital and some of them are analog. Hmm. And you can't have both of those in the same kind of camera. <laughs> it's a special camera. You, you, it's it's wild. It's all over the place. Also, the fact that it keeps cutting to black like constantly, like throughout the movie. Like this movie is basically like a, a minute or two of footage cut to black. Minute or yeah. two of footage cut to black action scene 10 seconds of footage cut to black 10 seconds of footage cut to black 5 seconds of footage cut to black 10 seconds well cut to that black. that makes it action packed john right it's always things these new things always to see it's action packed cloverfield got like mocked a lot like at the time i think it's actually a pretty good movie um and i i think it's got a bit of a bad rap um but um um, but it, it did get mocked in, in some ways for like its sort of abuse of this aesthetic. I will say, uh, watch this movie to see real <laughs> abuse of this aesthetic because it's like, because you, you look at Cloverfield now, and you're, at least I do, and I'm like, oh, damn, those moments where the camera cuts to black, that actually really does help to like heighten the dramatic tension in those moments. In this movie, it's happening throughout the entire goddamn damn thing so it's it's like by the time something is actually happening it's just boring Mm. all right so while they're any of the person they look out the window a large explosion happens oh wait i'm sorry can we talk about the actual interview that they were doing oh i barely remember it it's really weird they kind of just ask they're asking sort of weird generic questions about what they're doing no there are are a couple of very specific questions. Give me them. I don't remember this truth be told. So they're asking the Minister of the Environment, I think it is, um, about like global warming and about the Kyoto Protocols, which I fucking forgot that the Kyoto Protocols were a thing. Because um, now we talk about the um, the Paris Accords. 
um, and how like even that's not nowhere near enough to like combat global warming. Mm. So it turns out the best thing we could possibly done for global warming is shut ourselves in our house and not go outside <laughs> well, for yeah. like two months. That solves most uh, dude, problems. Dude, there is no smog out there. It, the weather is fucking beautiful out there. This is the greatest possible thing we could have done for the environment. Um, but anyway, um, the he... Um, so I forgot like, oh right, the Kyoto uh, Treaty. That was, that was a thing. Um, and, um, and they ask him, um, about the United States not ratifying the, the Kyoto Protocols, and she asks him, will Japan do an embargo against the United States for their failure to hold by the Kyoto Protocols? Which is fucking insane. It's pretty and, weird. Yeah, now I the, think about it. And the guy yeah. looks uncomfortable, and he's like, <laughs> we have no intention of doing that. More importantly, like, I don't think but, I even have the opportunity to even do that myself. But, like, he looks uncomfortable as if, like, this is a legitimate thing, and he's trying to downplay the threat of it. But it's like, there is... <laughs> like, <laughs> there has been... No point since the his in history since World War Goddamn Two that Japan would have considered cutting off our economy. Mm. That is not a thing. Even like in the eighties when Japan's economy was like booming and on top of the world, and they were like, "Oh fuck yeah, good times will last forever." No one would have considered an embargo against the United States. That would have been fucking insane. Uh. No, the last time they did an embargo against the United States was when they attacked Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Like, the, it's like this is not something they would ever even consider. And so I'm watching that and going, wait, is does that is that what David Michael Latt thinks the Kyoto Treaty is? Oh, who knows? What David it's not Michael even the Japanese thinks. government. David Michael Latt didn't even treaty. forgot that this this film takes place in 2003 multiple times. It, it's not even like the Japanese government themselves did the Kyoto Protocols. It was the United Nation. It was just that the, the conference took place in, in, in Kyoto, so that's why it has that name. It's like the Paris Accord. The Paris Accord wasn't created by the French government. It was just that the treaty was done in Paris. Like, what what do they think? It, it, it was this weird sort of like... Like, I felt like I got a weird glimpse into like some weird conservative conspiracy theory <laughs> that like, oh my god, the world's going to shut us down because we're not going along with the Kyoto Protocols. It was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it was the weirdest thing. Sure. It, it, like, I almost did a spit take when I heard that. Anyway, I guess we should get on with the actual movie. Yeah, alright. So, like, the interview is suddenly interrupted by a big explosion. Some building blew up in the diff- uh, distance. And then suddenly, dumbfounded panic ensues. They're like running down the staircase of the skyscraper. They're in a basement. Yes, they run down. They go into some sort of basement that's like at the bottom of the building. Um, everyone's freaking out. Mainly, well, we're, well, in fact, only only Aaron and Sarah are freaking uh, out. Only the two American girls, <laughs> yeah, Aaron and Sarah, are freaking out. And by God, are they freaking out? Yeah, Aaron tries to talk to some of the Tokyo businessmen. They're like, "Do any of you speak English?" But none uh, speak uh, English. She's American? freaking out. Like, God, I'm, I'm Ameri- American. Do you speak American? I'm English. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I can't American. speak Do Japanese. Speak Do you speak it? I, I don't speak Japanese. So the lines, "I'm American." Do you speak English? I don't speak Japanese. 
are probably said about 80 times over the course of this yes. movie. <laughs> it's a real problem. It like it. <laughs> okay, so they find a person who can speak some very light English, um, and their yeah. first reaction is to start interviewing him. Right. So they start asking more questions like, do you know what's going on? Uh, how do you feel about this right now? And at the point, at this point, Aaron is, is sort of like, put away the camera. Oh, my God, yeah. turn off the camera. Turn off the camera. Which, like, Cloverfield did a little bit of this, but, like, it sort of stopped immediately once shit actually started happening. And people would still be sort of like, well, okay. In both, Cloverfield, no, the- fair, both these films do kind of suffer from that weird aspect of, of why are you still filming? Like, this film Cloverfield- tries to give some good reasons, but it kind of falls apart. Cloverfield got around this in it, it's it's kind of a dumb reason, but they do have their excuse in Cloverfield is that the guy who's holding the camera is just basically a busybody who's kind of socially awkward, basically, and so he's 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 sort of insensitive to the people around him. So um, so like when he's filming the party at the start, people are kind of annoyed by it. And they're sort of like, oh, whatever. They're just kind of going along with it. They're just kind of putting up with him. And then as things start happening, they're, they get annoyed with him. And they're like, oh, my God, we put down the fucking camera. Um, but he continues filming. And at, the, at that point, at least, the excuse is, look, something's happening. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to capture this, basically. And he's probably thinking, like, oh, shit, maybe I can sell this or something. Um, but like that was kind that was their excuse in Cloverfield, and that like that kind of rooks for me. It's it, it suffers a little bit, but but this one it's it's. We're like, trying to find our story. This is our story. We gotta film. It's our story. This right, is the story. It's, like, it's our story, Aaron, Sarah. It, it, it's the story. It's funny at, at certain point while while they're interviewing this guy who speaks just a little bit of, of English. At some point, he's sort of like uncomfortable with the camera, and he starts like holding up his hand. Yeah. It's like no camera, no camera, no camera, and that actually is true to a certain kind of documentarian filmmaker of this time. Like the, in the two thousands, there was a type that thought. Filming a documentary means shoving a camera in people's faces and like having them put their hands up to block the lens and be like, ooh, this is edgy filmmaking. Yeah, man, that means they have something to hide. Exactly. Exactly. It means they have something to hide. It's basically like someone who. who, There there were so many of these like shit tier documentarians who basically like modeled themselves after Michael Moore, but had like none of the like charisma Mm. or like uh, humor of Michael Moore. So like it, it, it was just the like. It was just shoving cameras in people's faces. Just some poor ass security guards being like, "Look, just can you get the camera in my face, please." What are you hiding? Yeah, exactly. So, so then uh, he then that guy starts talking to a different other like businessman who's also down there. Oh, he says something. And they start talking to, to the... each other in in Japanese, and then I don't know why, but Aaron starts freaking out about that they might be talking about him. They're like, okay, right, we'll put the camera down. We'll put the camera down. Just just stay calm. We'll put the camera down. I don't understand She's why there's they blew up it. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's super weird. Well, it's also like, okay, so they're freaking out as if, like, things are still happening. Mm. And it's like, at this stage, all they know is that it's an earthquake. Yeah. So at this point, and also they ran down the staircase in the middle of an earthquake, which you do it's, not Yeah, the basement's a weird the choice shaking. to pick, yeah. 
Yeah, but also it's just like, in an earthquake, what do you do? You hit the ground, crawl under a table, or, like, crawl up against a wall, like, you know, wait till the shaking stops, and when the shaking stops, you calmly evacuate the building. That's it. That's what you do in an earthquake. That's it. So... They're like ostensibly, they think they're a, it's an earthquake, and they ran down the staircase to a basement. I mean, yeah, yeah, it makes that's where you go in an earthquake, right? The... Like they're still sheltering <laughs> and they're still freaking out as if something is still happening, which is like, you don't, you're not supposed to know that yet. Yeah. So, but thankfully, there's a a, a, a white man. He's just a white. Think he's he's a white English oh, man. Oh wait, sorry. Before we get to the white guy, that Japanese guy the who speaks guy. a little bit of Eng- the 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 whitest fucking guy who I've seen in, in previous Asylum films. He I, feels I, familiar. I, 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 yeah, I've seen him in Lay Scott films, but I don't remember who he is. But that Japanese guy who speaks a little bit of English, he says something along the lines of like when he finds out they're Americans, he says, "You're not safe here." Mm. Like here, like implying like. Tokyo? I don't know. This, this, we'll discuss this as the, the movie goes on. But this has this movie has just sort of a weird racist kind of, uh, there is, weird folklore a, thing they're shoving in here. That's bizarre. Right. There's a bizarre element of this movie. It comes through with this character and with the grandfather character. We'll see much later yes. on, and we'll get to that later. But it's as if people in Tokyo know what's happening and somehow like we're a bunch just like oh shit it's an air fucking godzilla attack god damn right oh god damn another, another godzilla kaiju, kaiju another attack. goddamn kaiju here we go again um <laughs> no no they're not they're not that blase yeah. but like but they're sort of like but they're talking. Some of them are talking as if like they kind of know what's going on. And I think, or and they, I guess they, they kind of do. I guess. I, well, that's the thing. So, so when he says, when he f- says that they're not safe here, and he's specifically saying that in response to finding out that they're Americans, it's sort of like, I'm sorry, are you implying that like? Tokyo, the biggest city in the world, has some like giant secret like they have kaiju well, somehow, all, only three Americans somehow in Tokyo any given time and somehow they've hidden this from the rest of the world including the country that occupied them after world war ii mm. it's fucking japan yeah the, new, <laughs> the u.s military is just like is right nearby you know it's yeah we still have military bases in japan it's uh, anyway uh, so anyway, uh, white guy. Yes. White guy is in the basement. Real white knight, man. And they're like, His name oh my is god, Justin, yes. And he oh can my speak god, English. yes, they we're Americans, yes. Uh. He gives some vague sort of like exposition esque thing where he's like, it was an earthquake that happened out there. He sort we're of knows attack. too. Yeah. Well, but all he knows is that they're under. Attack. So her, what her fucking so immediate reaction is is what is Al Qaeda, right? Well, terrorists. To be fair, in 2006, if three, um, right, this right, this movie came out in 2000, actually Eight. seven, I yeah. think is when this movie was made. But yes, 2003, it is reasonable to presume that someone's first thought would be terrorists. Sure. Um, that is a reasonable, you know, 
um, assumption. I want to say but this my film. Thing yeah, of, I want to say it's really funny. This film takes place in January, but it's summer. Whatever. Just want to complain wait. about that. Oh, oh, that's right. Because they're like, oh, should I wear shorts or jeans when they're packing? I forgot about that's that. A dumb. Well, there's something funnier about it. the fact that it's in 2003. There's something. There's something even more. Oh, it's so than good. That. The... <laughs> you probably know it. We'll, we'll wait. We'll, wait. We'll, we'll, we'll sit on that. But um, my favorite thing about that white guy in the basement, um, what was his name? Larry Justin. or something? Justin. Um, he looks more like a Larry to me, frankly. But um, he, Real he has the he has the flattest affect. Mm. Like he like if you could please drop a line of dialogue from him in, into this recording because it is really funny in the middle of a crisis he is talking just just it's just exposition it's really funny mm-hmm. so he's like so Tokyo's being attacked we have to get to the American center so we can escape the country. They're like, what about the American embassy? And he's like, but that's too far. The American center is much closer. Mm. So we'll all go there. And for some reason, they don't. The American center is closer, but they don't wind up going They do there. go there, actually. We'll see later. Oh. They go oh. there, and it's pretty fucking dumb what they do over there. We'll, we'll, we'll get over that. Okay. So, but then the ground starts to shake. Everyone's starting to panic again. Justin then shows them in some sort of secret underground tunnel system that's part of the basement that they all go into. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that is. Sure. Fine. Sure. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> you know, in the environmental embassy or whatever. Yeah, fine. It's Tokyo. It's a city. <laughs> There's probably tunnels. Fine. I'll accept it. Uh. So. So they're wa- they're wandering around this tunnel. We get some like you know boring discussions with Justin. They're kind of just freaking out at him. He's just sort of like chill. We're almost outside. Mm-hmm. They make it to the surface, and we get some very very quick shots of of ruined Tokyo. Oh, my favorite thing is when they get on the surface. Um, I think it's it's Sarah holding the camera at this point, and they're like kind of reacting to like looking at the destruction. But she is walking around them. It's it's a spin shot. She's 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 showing them from all the angles. She's rotating around them. But it's like why? <laughs> yeah, and well, then we could. We then cut to them a little bit later, and they're sort of walking around, and then now Justin's filming them for some reason. And there's some stock footage of, like, Tokyo thrown in, but with some CGI smoke coming out of buildings. We see a jet. Yeah, this is a really great part. Oh, there's a jet plane that flies by, and it clearly clips through multiple buildings. It's so funny. Well, that's just what, what jets do in Japan. <laughs> they fly through buildings. Yeah, it's the new tech. That's just, that's just the video game technology they have in Japan. They have the video game jets. So after after we see that, we then cut the meal. We ne- cut next to Justin, who who's holding the camera, proceeds to collapse and die on the sidewalk. Yeah, there's like an explosion that goes off or something, and just oh look, he's dead. He died, and then they're like, ah oh, shit, no, damn, he's dead. Well, let's take the camera from him and we'll leave him, I guess, because he's dead now. Oh well, the first of many. My yes. ad of scenes yes. where they just fuck off after yep. someone after some bad thing happens, they're just gonna fuck off. Bye. So they run around some more and find themselves in a sort of like closed off strip mall. And I've been here. 
Yes, so this is my favorite. So now we're in the Little Tokyo Mall here in downtown Los Angeles. And you've, yeah, you've been there because this is where Anime Jungle yeah. is. It's instantly recognizable. It's got like that, like one, like octagon shaped window and like the red and white painted walls. Like, it's like, oh shit, there it is. And a lot, all these outdoor shots are now taking place in the various little malls of Little Tokyo. Uh, so, like the Japanese Village Mall primarily, uh, but also, um, um, Oh, it's something court, but it's where the Kinokunuya bookstore is. Um, and then on like First Street quite a bit, um, in front of some of the temples down there. It's like this whole thing is just filmed in Little Tokyo, with a couple minor exceptions. Um, so then we, we cut back again, they're outside, and they're just sort of bitching about whether or not they should be filming this. Right. But then at some point, I think it's around this point in the movie, Sarah sort of gets, uh, no, sorry, not Sarah, Erin, because uh, Sarah's the, the filmmaker, Erin's just uh, her sister. Erin suddenly is on board with the idea of filming everything. Mm. She's just like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, then we need to film everything. And so suddenly she's super on board with this idea. And then she's the one uh, 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 primarily advocating that idea for the rest of the movie. It's yeah. Uh, so again, all that yeah. all that character, um, you know, establishment we did in the first five minutes of the movie. Boy, that really paid off, huh? Mm-hmm. I will give this movie credit for one thing, though. Over Cloverfield, is that um, it um, it dispenses with the little like uh, character establishing bullshit um, immediately mm. with about like. 10 minutes into the film is when shit starts popping off. And in Cloverfield, that first part of the movie, which I want to say is probably about like 15 minutes, maybe thereabouts, feels insufferably long. Sure. It's like, oh my god, just get to the part where like they start blowing shit up. Um, um, so that, I will give this movie that over Cloverfield. That's like the one positive thing I can say for this movie. Though... Um, to be fair, all the quote-unquote action scenes in this movie are them running away from an unseen force. So, yeah, the CGI is is really... <sighs> There's a lot of scenes okay. in this film where they're walking around and they go, Oh, shit, watch out! Oh, and they run in a direction and the camera gets all fuzzy and it cuts to the next yeah. scene. Yeah. It's pretty bad cloverfield cloverfield is was is good about um i mean firstly the cgi is good but also like it's good at at sort of keeping certain things hidden until they're ready to be revealed and so there's a couple of like money shots of the monster in cloverfield there's the one where they run down into the subway um as it's attacking and they get like the a really good shot of it um like just before like they go underground and of course there's the end of the movie when he gets eaten by the monster spoilers um in central park <laughs> 12 year old film yeah, um, and then of course there's all like the little, um, little, um, um, 
like parasite things, the little bugs that shed off of him and like attack yeah. people. That I thought was the coolest thing in Cloverfield, honestly. It wasn't the giant monster, but the idea that this giant monster would have a bunch of like little monsters attached to him that would be just like little bugs, just little parasites on him, but that to us are like holy shit like those are actually scarier than than the monster yeah. than the cloverfield monster uh but in this movie um there is no money shot of the monster no, there's no there's, go- there's some shots where it sort of is but even then it's kind of nonsensical it's just the tentacles. monster is a bunch of tentacles yes it's just tentacles and even at the end they do something that like uh, like I guess they thought that would be the money shot because it's a longer shot, but it's just still a bunch of tentacles. And Granted, you know, it's all fucking it, her, it's all it, fucking her, der Japan tentacle joke insert here. Anywho, oh, continue from that. Oh, <laughs> someone was gonna make it if I didn't make it right now. So just hey, get that out of the way. Here's 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 your anime tentacles. There you go. Um. But yeah, it's like it's just tentacles, and it's it's like and it's the same roar sound effect that they play over and over again. Please play roar sound effects so people <laughs> know it. Roar dot um, jpeg. Yeah, roar dot mp3, and it's just it, it's it's just the one. It's just the one sound effect. That's all it does, um, and it's. Yeah, it, it it's it's just that, and it's it's so disappointing. It's not that I expected much from the asylum in terms of like monster design or CGI, but I mean, it's there's no they have no confidence in their monster. It's mm. just a bunch of tentacles. So okay, so they're they're running around. They finally make it to the building that I'm pretty sure is supposed to be the American Center. It's that building that's fenced off that they start shaking at the fence saying, no, we can't get in. Oh, no, the fence. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to be. Oh, well, wait, when they, well, later on when they get to the American Embassy, I, I thought they said, like, maybe we could try going to the American Center. Uh, like, it, it's, it, it's, that's where we were going to go originally, right? Like, so I didn't realize that was supposed to be the American Center. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be, since they, they really, I'm not sure, but they, they seem to be sort of, they sort of lose all hope when they reach that point, And they're sort of like, let us in, let us in. Oh, no, we can't Can we climb, climb the, the fence. fence. Why no. can't they climb the fence? <laughs> It's not a high fence. They <laughs> no, could totally climb that not. fence. No, they can't climb the fence because they didn't get the permit to film no. on that piece of property, which is uh, in actuality just a temple in Little Tokyo. Mm. Which also was just kind of like, okay, I think part of the reason why I didn't think that was the American Center was because it was like, there's no American flag. It's not like an American style building or anything. It's 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 a it's a Japanese temple. Was funny because they couldn't even get an American flag for the embassy either, which is pretty funny. But we'll get to that. Right, but they at least say there's an American (laughs) flag, so like, you know. So after after they give up on that, they then come across some guy who's just sort of chilling. He's just he's casually walking on the street. It almost feels like they're just filming some guy. Oh yeah, it really felt like they're just filming some dude. 
Oh, and th- this I love because this this is filmed in a uh, uh, a strip mall in Little Tokyo with a parking lot out front. It's right across from the Angel City Brewery. I like I've been to Little Tokyo so much. Mm. My my knowledge. See, it was impossible for me to watch this movie <laughs> because my knowledge of of the geography of Little Tokyo is very good. I've spent a lot of time in Little Tokyo. I've rooked in Little Tokyo. So every single shot of this movie, I'm like, I know exactly where that is. And this one, it's a parking lot, um, like you know, in front of like a strip mall, which I kind of cracked me up because I'm like, that's not very. Um, a Japanese, you know, that's not that yeah. Tokyo doesn't really have that, no, you know, it's big, very you know, American, big, that like the, the two story strip malls that kind of define Los An- the Los Angeles skies, uh, uh, urban landscape with parking lots out front. That's more of a kind of an American thing. They don't really have the space to do that in Tokyo. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I really understand. Like again, he's just filming the sky. He doesn't want to be there. I don't know. And he's he's just sort of like walking past. Like he's like at first I thought like oh does he have like earbuds in or something? But no, he's just ignoring them. I guess maybe he's in shock. Maybe mm. that's the idea. Doesn't look like it though. So yeah, I don't know. So that that Edwards, they then run across some guy who's just sort of dying. On this, on like oh, a, uh, a yes, on a phone it, line like pole. No, a st- no, a street tree. It's sure. a street tree. And I know because I've walked past that street tree oh, yeah, so that's, many that's, times. That's, yeah, exactly. They're watching her dying. Like, oh no, can we save you? Oh, you're you're dying. Oh, oh. Wait, we could we could carry you to a doctor. Well, oh, he's dead. We're just gonna yeah, we're just gonna film you. Okay, goodbye. Uh, we gotta go. They run around we some more. Go. They then start seeing some like soldier men who are shooting at something, just something. They're just shooting at something. You just hear gunfire in the background and that same monster sound effect. Please play it again. Um, <laughs> you know, just happening repeatedly throughout the movie. It's like January eighteenth, so it's been a whole day later. For some reason, the film skips over nighttime, which you'd think would be like the scariest part of the film. Yeah. But they skip over nighttime. It's now daytime. Um. Something, so, I, I, again, it, it's unfair to compare this movie to Cloverfield. But you know what? This movie invites the comparison, so fuck it. Well, yeah, um, it's, a, it's Actually, you know what? No, I take back. It's very fair to compare this movie to Cloverfield. But um, the Cloverfield, it, it, this is something I, I, I haven't really thought about before. It's funny, watching these Asylum ripoffs of Hollywood movies makes me think about things in those movies that, like, I come to appreciate mm. better. Well, because yes, I, see I find watching films a lot easier in, in, now. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, wow, that's competent. Um, Cloverfield has an extremely good sense of time and geography. Um, because, like, watching that movie... It's it is it, it's very clear where the characters are at, especially if you know anything about Manhattan. If you've ever been, it's like okay, they start out in Lower Manhattan. I think they're on like the Lower East Side or something like that, and then they start by trying to evacuate uh, Manhattan across the Brooklyn Bridge. But then the monster knocks down the bridge, so they go back into Manhattan, and then they flee into the subway tunnels and go up to Midtown. And they're running around Midtown a, a bunch, and the guy's trying to get to his girlfriend's apartment, which is on uh, across the street from Central Park. Um, it's in those big, it's in those bi- uh, big buildings on Columbus Circle, I think. Um, 
because one of them is crashed into sure, the sure, other sure. one. Um, and then it ends in Central Park where they get eaten by the monster before uh, the United States blows the whole thing to hell. And the timeline is very clear. It starts in the evening, it goes overnight, and it ends at sunrise the next morning. It's very tight. And it's very, it's pretty realistic about the geography and how far it takes to get places. Mm. And here, there is no sense of, yeah. no good well, sense it's, of it's time. Because, like, yeah, you don't even know where they are in Tokyo. And they're trying to get the embassy, which is somewhere. It's, yeah. It's just somewhere in, like, the outskirts of Tokyo, I guess. Like, they make it sound like it's a really far away, way away. This is Tokyo, Tokyo yeah. is fucking. And I'm sure huge. there's. I'm sure there's an American embassy in Tokyo. Of course there is. Um, but like, but, but who now knows where they are in Tokyo to even start off with? But it's like it, it's it's they're talking about like and and I think it, like there's a moment where they're sort of talking about like oh we could like maybe we could flee the city maybe we could like you know get out and then there's a part where like they're walking through like a park. Yes, we're going and right just here. Like, this next bit. They go to. Oh, okay. I think they just call it what the Japanese gardens or something like that. They, have, they, have, they name drop this location. But you know where this is, don't you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like the filming location. You know yeah, what this yeah, is, yeah. don't you? It's very good. What do you want to say? I don't know the name, but I do know the location. I can't remember at the moment. It, it, You're embarrassing well, this, me here. This is the part that's, Just say the, the name, Don. I don't know it. It's in Gri- Oh, we're talking about the part in Griffith Park, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm we're just in, we're just in, in, a, in, a for- in the woods? Mm, I assume as such. No, this is way this, that, this is way later. This is they go to a little garden bit here, and this is when they fall into the cave system underneath Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But there's a wood scene later on, though. There's a wooded like location no, no, later no, on. No, no, the woods. No, no, the wood scene is is before they fall into the cave. That's not true. Yes. That's... No, I remember this because they're in the woods. No, no, I remember this because they're in the woods. And I go, oh, that's Griffith Park. And then they fall into the cave because I guess like the monster attacks. And then they're like, and then like camera goes yeah, black. Yeah, actually read my, my notes here. Actually, you're correct here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the reason why I remember this is because the cave is also in Griffith Park. So they were like, oh, they just shot this whole part of the movie in Griffith Park. Um, but I guess the idea is like the monster attacked and they fell into the cave that like the monster comes out of. So I guess like it's burrowed all these tunnels. I, below yeah, the that's my that was my assumption too, but it doesn't really make any sense because. But but my favorite thing is that cave is the Bat Cave up in Griffith mm. Park. It's 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 Bronson Cave. It's it's just where they 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 they've shot the the opening of the Adam West Batman there. Um, it's and so like I immediately recognized. I was just like, oh god, of course. But yeah, all right, yeah, I totally forgot about the um, the whole yeah force bit. Um, but yeah, they go to the garden place. It gets name dropped, which is weird. Cause the whole film, I mean, the whole film. That's the only location that ever gets name dropped in the entire film. They're in the they're in the suicide forest. <laughs> that's not even near Tokyo. I'm pretty sure. Well, in, in this movie, it could be. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Yeah, <laughs> Jake Jake Paul's gonna like walk by and find a dead body. Was that that was Paul? Logan Paul, John. Logan Paul, thank you. Also, <laughs> what an out of date. That's an out of date reference. You can't make that reference anymore. It's out of date. He looks more like a Jake to me. Um, <laughs> no, you haven't seen Jake Paul then. Oh God. Jake Paul looks like a Jake, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who I'm talking about. I I know Jake Paul is a guy, but I have no idea who he is. Is he the brother of Logan Paul? Yeah, 
He's like the okay. businessman of the family. We're, this is off topic. I don't even want to get into this shit. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> this is not YouTube. We can't we can't talk about this stuff. Uh, if you have any podcast drama, um, we can talk about that. But YouTube drama is something completely separate. That's a yeah. That's a different uh, realm of the internet. Yeah. So now they're inside they're this like shitty weird cave system. Um, they, it, it's just them filming themselves and going in circles around Bronson. They K, start which hearing a sound small. that one one of them thinks is a big snake, and then the other one's like, "Wait, no, that's gas." Great reaction there. <laughs> that's gas. Run. What are you talking about? What do you mean gas? What are you going on about? So they run away. They they somehow get outside. Usually you don't hear gas. You smell it. Yeah. There's this weird bit where I, I think they lose their camera, and they either find a new camera or they somehow just pick up their old one, which is still doing fine. But I believe the line dialogue is, I one. found another camera. Oh, wow. I missed that. So, uh, the di- dialogue is garbage in this movie, yeah. so... So they get out finally, <laughs> and they're back in Little Tokyo. Hey, um, oh wait, Okan, there's there's an awful scene in that cave system where Aaron oh, does right. this self interview, where she's like, "Oh, the god, right? This is where Aaron's just like basically her her last words, basically yeah. like in case um, I die." I'm hi, I I'm a, I'm a... and she's doing this because Sarah did it earlier. Yeah. Um, the scene is awful, oh, and it's it, yes. David Michael Latt, man. You she, don't know how to like write say, woman clearly, because oh my she, god, she's like she's saying she's like I'm a virgin. Uh, I've, I've, I'll be honest, I'm a virgin. It's like, what, fuck <laughs> off, like and, fuck off, asylum. And, um, I I I uh, I'll up my room and watch uh, Days of Our Lives. I'll TiVo Days of my, uh, Our Lives. First of all, shit I'll, taste. Aaron, trash and, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll lock. It's Seriously? the most norm. It's the most normy shit you could have picked. So, <laughs> but but her line is like, I, I TiVo days of uh, uh, my our lives, and then I'll. I'll lock myself in my room and and watch it. And cry. I guess it's kind of weird, huh? And it's just like, no, that's that's pretty that's pretty fucking normy. Uh, that's really not very weird. Netflix wasn't even really that much of a thing. Pretty crazy. But yeah, that's such a David Michael Latt thing. It's like, well, her first thing she's going to talk about is how she's a virgin. That's the most important thing in her mind right now, I'm sure. And then she's going to share her pop culture taste. Oh, yeah, and This exactly. is her introduction of, like, who she is in the tape about, <laughs> like, her, 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 her goodbye to the world, basically. Like, in case I don't live through this. Hey, Benji, in case I don't live through this, I want to tell you... Um, I like watching uh, Steven Universe or something. I, don't know if, I haven't even watched Steven Universe in, in two years. You re- uh, John, it's so sad. You couldn't think of a single TV show? That tells more about your character, TV. John, than, than that does say something name. about my. That does say something about my character because it's just like, yeah, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't cite TV as the thing to like share about yeah. myself in my final moments. It's not her final moments, but she's just recording. She's panicking. It as if, she like, feels like it's her final moments. You know, I have to. I have to. I have to say something. I need to. I need to record something in case you know something happens to us. Um, it, it, but it's just like, and this is what you picked. Yeah. 
All right. So then they find, so they make it back out of the caves. They're back in Little Tokyo. I don't understand how the the tunnel system works. I don't. Oh, fucking who gives a shit? It doesn't make any sense. They're just under Tokyo, and now they're they're back. They enter a wooded area, and they they're now back in Little Tokyo. They cut to a scene of them just sort of chilling on like a curb, and one of them's drinking water, and she's like, "Do you want some water?" And she's like, "Nah, I'm good." It's like, what? You, you sure? Or, or, or... We're in a little alley uh, in Little Tokyo that leads into the, uh, the little temple tucked yeah. in the back. Like, you sure then, you want um, to deny the water? Is that it? Yeah. W- what? Yeah, water's kind of important right now. Food is kind of important. Apparently, you've been ar- out for 24 hours, supposedly, according to the timestamp. You might want some water. Yeah, so then we immediately cut to nighttime. So we skip all a bunch of daytime periods. There, The gals then, like, we're going to rob a restaurant. Oh! Sorry, um, when when they um, when they're doing the when the, the water, uh, they um, she she's looking at like a, some scraps of paper next to it, and she's like, "Hey, hey, it's a subway map," and and so it's like, "Give me that," and then they and then just cut to black, and it cuts to later in the evening, but it's like. So were they gonna use the subway map for anything? Like were don't. they gonna u- were they gonna <laughs> use it to get around Tokyo or something? Was there a point to that? No. Nope. No, nothing. Don't worry about it. Didn't even happen. They find a restaurant. They're like, let's break into this restaurant and take food from there. I don't even think they, they intend to break in. They were like... Okay, well, they, 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 they entered and they started eating food immediately. So, I mean, you be the food? judge. What food? They didn't find any food. No, they, they had the little, like, um, uh, soybean bars. That that's they don't steal those though. That's later. Well, because They that's definitely they, take that's... some of those before they no, see no, the No, no, no. That's that's after they it happens they, they both times to the family it happens oh, both times happens. john really yes oh god okay fine i'll take your word for it <laughs> i'll say like that that's all that's all i could find but um but anyway they hear a noise coming from the basement they go down it's the owner of a box cutter yeah they yeah exactly they're 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 accosted by uh an elderly gentleman with a box and can cutter. i say that he doesn't he's actually really threatening he's not holding the box cutter in a threatening manner he kind of feels more like a can you use this box here to open a box for me please yeah the the the, the posture is a little uh uh weak basically um the only intimidating thing about him is that he's speaking Japanese extremely fast, but like that's it. yeah so here we go this is the big this is he this is the exposition dump right here. Right, because then the daughter he can't speak English, but thankfully his granddaughter is right nearby to then say like, "Wait, no, don't hurt them. I can it's speak okay. to them." It's okay. They're 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 fine. And so, uh, Aaron and uh, Sarah are like, "What's going on?" And it's like, "Well, well, my my grandfather thinks that the Americans have caused the gods to curse us." That's that's not quite how she puts it, but it's but it's like the Americans have have caused this to happen. The something like that, and then some and then some old folklore about dead water. Or okay, something. Yeah, yeah, it's the Mizuchi. So it's <laughs> okay. You'll, yeah. All right. Well, enlighten me. I'll so I'll, 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 I'll let, me, let me. We'll get to that a little bit quickly. Okay. Because the daughter then comes down like the grandfather. And then it's like, and then she gets so excited about the camera. And it's like, whoa, are you filming? That's pretty cool. Wow, are you like Hollywood oh. filmmakers? Wow. Are you are you a TV crew? I think is what yeah. she asked. And they're like, yeah, so yeah, totally. They're doing, they're doing an air fucking interview thing. My oh god, my 
my favorite thing about this is that she's like she's holding it as if and she's like oh what kind of camera is it and then they're like that's a it's a panasonic and she's like oh japanese brand very good um but like she's talking and and they say like you speak very good english and she and her excuse for this is um um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is how I know. It was yeah, just, huh? <laughs> YouTube videos, huh? There's, there's two, there's two things to say. One is this is fucking Japan. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in Japan that can speak English. Yeah. In fact, it's a language it, that's part of the curriculum they do in school. Because possibly because we. We essentially conquered it in World War II, and we occupied it after the war. <laughs> like, there's a lot. Oh, my God. Okay, so A. Yeah, and more B, importantly, it won't be existing weir- for another good four years. So I don't know YouTube, how she's asking YouTube right now. YouTube didn't was not founded until 2005. Now, to be fair, John, Tokyo is actually in the future. This is true. So this is true. I mean, this is, this is what the man from "Thank You for Smoking" tells us: is that Japan is in the future. So yes, it's literally in the future. So YouTube it's could have existed back future. in 2003 in Tokyo. So who knows? Who knows? YouTube was what they called their own thing. That's yeah. different from our YouTube. But for some reason, these Americans know about it too. Um, yeah. No. So yeah, YouTube literally did. YouTube is is mentioned twice in this movie, and I was like, wait, YouTube wasn't around in two thousand three. And I looked up, and sure enough, um, so that. But but yeah, the the folklore thing is the weirdest thing because it's treating Japan like the way that well, Hollywood typically treats some like small like. Yes. It, it, third rilled for lack of a better term uh country um like you know that's like totally cut off from the world like you know so, so like you know like uh like in a hollywood film where someone would find like a tribe of indigenous people yeah, and some it's like yeah, ooh the sure. the folklore here and it's just like but oh first, the american I get into my, the, the, american, fair, get... the white man brings disease yes. or something <laughs> like that which is true but, i want to get um, my the best line in the entire film and worst okay. line the most it's it's amazing this line exists in a science film. So like, what is the Mizuchi? And the Dar says, "Oh no, it's it's stupid, like manga cartoon, right? Like manga cartoon. What it, manga cartoon? What? <laughs> just like, uh, don't worry about it. Is it's stupid? It's you nothing. mean anime? <laughs> manga? Why are you phrasing it like that? First of all, use the word manga, okay?" And you're then, ostensibly <laughs> Japanese. You, you, you should know Why are you this. saying manga cartoon? Because manga, you're using a Japanese manga, so you can just say anime. You're not, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need to do manga cartoon. That's like saying it's stupid, like comic anime. It, like, it's fucking awful. It's the weirdest, dumbest line. I get they're going for it. It's like she's not the best at English, but it's like... She doesn't know the word comic. Yeah. <laughs> Something that's it's funny about watching the um, Japanese actors in this movie, and everyone you mean except foreign language, for, uh, right? Everyone except yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of questionable. I I think they are speaking Japanese. Oh yeah, they are. And in the subtitles though, it's always just pronounced as foreign language. Oh, I didn't watch it with the subtitles. Uh, I, I recommend I decided, you did that, John. This you, film's unwatchable. You did. About it. 
You did, and I ignored that advice because I wanted the purest, <laughs> the purest um, viewing experience <laughs> of this movie. I'm like, nope, I will take it as is. Mm. I will not watch it with subtitles. Uh, but my favorite thing about the the quote-unquote Japanese actors in this movie, because, I mean, this is a villain in Los Angeles. Yeah. They're, they're clearly Americans. Um, but, like, they're... The the best Japanese speaker in this film is the old man mm. who who threatens him with the box cutter, which makes sense yeah. because he's probably like he he might actually be like an immigrant from Japan. The others are clearly just like Asian Americans, and they are speaking Japanese, but they seem sort of um, uh, they don't seem very confident mm. about it. Like the way. And maybe this is all in my head. Maybe this is just my imagination. But the way they were speaking Japanese was kind of slow and a little stilted. Like they were trying to find the words. And so it was very weird. It was like they knew how to... And and so it was sort of like, oh, these are clearly like Asian Americans who like, yeah, they can speak a little Japanese. They can like, you know, like fudge it, you know. But like, but they're not proficient in it necessarily because they're... Americans, you know, um, and so it's really funny to like watch this and see all these Asian American actors who are like trying to play as like native Japanese, basically, and they're not very convincing at it. That grandpa with the with the box cutter is the only one who convincingly comes off as Japanese. It's uh, okay. So, all right. So okay. Like so, what does Mizuchi? mean yes please enlighten me and she's like oh it means dead water which is like an incredibly she does not say it that dramatically by the way you've you you went late on wages she's like oh it means dead water you and know translate yeah. it it's it's silly Don't that's nothing new <laughs> um okay no, you you're all yeah you're always you're always you're always giving the actors too much credit <laughs> i'm giving myself too much credit um you're too good of an actor. Okay, so Mizuchi is, is literally just water spirit. Okay. I get almost what they're going for because spirit and dead can, can technically be I, I, I similar, get it, but it's but... weird that she... <laughs> That she calls also, it dead these, water, not you know. Also, water these spirit. are tentacles that come out of the ground. Shouldn't like earth spirit be like the term, not water? Well, it's tentacles, so it'd be watery. I guess they're going for. But there's no water. Yeah, yeah. Don't, John. It's, it's the slime doesn't give a shit. Don't you? Nor should you. I think about this scenario right here. Why they didn't care. They fucking. This? They picked up a word. They're like, hey, what should we call this creature? Well, we should make it Japanese. Find something that that sounds Japanese that fits our monster name, and they probably they looked up the, the word... first word that's like first creature that was related to water or something like that. They couldn't. They couldn't even use the word kaiju in this film. Well, it's like, funny. Actually, no, you know. Well, in the, I noticed I like very quickly they do say the word kaiju when the granddaughter's talking to the grandfather. They they throw that line in. Oh, I missed very that. quickly. They just say when they're speaking to each other. Though I mean, like oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I miss that. They're not used well, the kaiju film, at the all. Though, film, yeah. the, the title of the film is Monster. I mean, that, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just be called Kaiju. Why the yeah, fuck it's, not? Yeah, it's weirdly racist how they're treating it. Because it's like, 
Ah. Yeah. It's it's strange. It's and again, it's treating Tokyo, Japan as if it's some sort of like backwater. Well, yeah, yeah. It's everyone's like, yeah, region or folklore. And they're all kind like, of like people are kind of surprised that there are Americans in Tokyo. It's sort of like, do you know the first thing about Japan? Do you know anything about Japan? Do you know anything about America's relationship to Japan? Well, this is there great, right? Because tons this of is Americans actually, in Japan. This film gives a really interesting depiction into into David Michael Latt's mind, right? It, you're right. It does. It really does. It's he. It, yeah, he is the 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 everything behind this film. Hmm. Really does feel like it. This film even has like the weird military complex of it too, which David Michael Latt's obsessed with. Yeah, yeah. All right. So after after all after all that, <laughs> after all that, um, and a dumb earthquake thing happens, and the grandfather dies and is yeah. crushed or something. He gets I, something falls on his I head. Guess, I guess, and he, he he's instantly killed. He's, he's just he's just there. He's dead, and and the granddaughter's crying over. And they're like, him. "Do you want to come with were... us?" And she's just crying. She's like, "Okay, goodbye, goodbye. We're gonna leave okay, you." She's she like no we should stay no she's made her choice now we have to make ours and leave it's like what the this fuck is the third you? time fine the third time fine, you've done fine. This. run away fine the third time you've done this you fucking psychopaths just like oh my god <laughs> how many ah I hate these people um is this after they go back out is this where we get the crowd shot well yeah they Tokyo? flee and they immediately run into some reporters from Channel Six. Oh right, right. The runs to some reporters. This scene's bizarre and... too. That is it's very bizarre. Weird. And this is really what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about like Asian American actors who only kind of know Japanese and are like demonstrating that they're that like they they look very unsteady speaking it to each other on camera. So they're like they're <laughs> they're filming in front of a, a brick wall, which is pretty funny. They're not actually catching any of the yeah, it's, <laughs> any of the current event. It's obviously just a side street in the arts district, uh, which is like a big warehouse area near Little Tokyo, and so it's like, oh yeah, this looks like Japan. Oh, certainly, yeah, Japan's full of like empty streets with like sort of industrial brick walls around, right? Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. This is this is the fun this is the funniest thing is like okay so they're showing all these like empty streets and like you know it's like okay, every time they they run into someone they're like oh my god there's a person hey and it's like this is Tokyo we're talking about Tokyo like one of the most densely populated cities in the world the biggest city in the world well, yeah that's why only seven thousand people. people that's why uh, that's why only seven thousand like, people sort of... died this entire crisis only seven thousand people died during this that's whole why event only seven thousand people died and wh- and why it's like okay seriously right now you could go out into the streets of downtown los angeles and you would find more people than they are and there's a fucking pandemic happening where people have been ordered to like stay put in their homes. You would still find more people out on the streets of Los Angeles Absolutely. now than they do in this movie. So I'm like, you, you expect me to believe that Tokyo in a disaster and like, where is everyone? The city's deserted. So then, so they're, they're, they sort they sort of start interviewing each other. They're like, we're trying to find the American oh, right. embassy, and he's like, okay, well it's that direction. 
But wait a minute. I had I just heard it's, on my ha- my microphone that mile. the police have just arrived and they're arresting people. And then everyone's and all the whole, the whole crew. No, no. The whole news crew no, just fucking books it. You hear a pol- you hear a police announcement. You hear oh, like right. a loudspeaker. Well, yeah, I guess it can be interpreted as such. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. But anyways, so uh, they all book it. people. We gotta go. <laughs> they just fucking book it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very funny. The idea that the, the it's really funny the idea that the police are running and arresting people while the giant tentacle monster murders everybody. <laughs> we gotta arrest these people yeah, of though. Of course. Oh, of course. Um, um, but anyway, so they run away, and so now we have a crowd shot, yeah, right? Yeah. This is a really weird... Yeah, they're talking from, They're talking to some police while people are just right behind them walking back and forth. I love this. This is my favorite scene in the movie, and I have so much to say about the crowd scene. Mm, give me it. So, firstly, I was impressed just by the fact that they had a crowd scene, because the asylum is insanely cheap. If, if you know anything from listening to this podcast, you know that the asylum is insanely cheap. They don't do crowd scenes. Hmm. The only time I can think and of yet, is here, in Bloody Bill, they have the zombie like dude. like They got a bunch of people to play zombies. That was a good 30 people. I oh, think, right, right, right. Film. But like, Oh, not even thirty. I'm gonna say like fifteen, maybe. Mm. I, I don't I think thirty's far too high for that. But um but anyway, so here they actually staged a crowd scene in the in the middle of Little Tokyo. So it starts with like they're in the the, the, the little the mall and they're sitting there kind of like filming each other while like people are walking in the background and it's a good like, you know, maybe like twenty people or so. Although my favorite part is they they clearly you see the same pe- person over and over again because so <laughs> clearly what they're doing is they're yeah. walking from one end to the other, turning around like off just off camera and then walking back. So like I, I like started panicking. watching it panicking. and like it's there's okay. like and and they're walking very awkwardly and very briskly, just like fum 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 fum, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. There's like one girl with a ponytail that I I picked out because she had a distinctive hairstyle and like she had a, a jacket that was a little distinctive. But she walks back and forth, uh, like four times over the course of this scene. It's just vroom, turn around, just off camera, vroom, turn around, back, just off camera, vroom, vroom. Um, and they're all doing that. So it's maybe like 15 people they're using to like uh, resemble a crowd. Um, but then monster attacks. Well, yeah, this po- the, the, the police discussion is really bizarre, too. Because mm. they're kind of just like asking about the embassy, I think. Right. And they, it's like. The, the, Same thing. Uh, oh, the, that's the, the, even like, later. The actors really confused. Oh, the police. The, the police. The police one happens a lot later, but it has the same thing too, where there's like people walking back and forth, which is also weird because the cops have like apparently like cordoned off a road, but there's people walking in both directions behind them, so that doesn't make any sense to me. But it's the same thing: people walking back and forth, and it's the same people from the earlier scene where people are walking back and forth behind them um but anyway so like monster attacks then they're running through the the japanese village mall in little tokyo with the lamps and the little lanterns hanging overhead and it's it's a shot it's it's a it's a shot they use at the beginning of the movie too and um it um 
and then there's um and there's like smoke so they actually use like a smoke machine for this scene so they actually had to like get them all they actually had to like 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 they like actually like secure the space at nighttime and then actually like have uh, get a bunch of people to run through it with a smoke machine and then on the street out front then they actually had like a couple cars parked out front and um they set something on fire and i was like oh wow yeah they actually it's not filming did. in the studio they actually did a thing, and they didn't use CGI for the fire. Although they did use CGI for a car getting hit and flying past them mm. and bouncing on the ground. That was kind of stupid looking. But <laughs> it was like, oh, wow, they actually staged something in a public space, which you would need to get a permit for? What? Like that's the most effort the asylum has ever put into a shot. I think, hmm. like, and it, it, like a single shot, a single scene, and like, and yeah, they're like they're goofiness. They like the, the same people do do back the scene at the end of the film too, right? It's like the same location, if I recall. Or did that was that second location? Must have been the yes. same one, right? Uh, very close to the other one. Mm. So they finally flee. They finally make it to the embassy, but it's gone. It's just it's just some concrete on the floor. It's it's just some concrete ruins. So like no, it's also covered in ruins. slime for this some is reason. Not, this wasn't. Yeah, it, it's covered in dirt too. Like it's a little berm and stuff. These are I, old ass. I ruins. don't know, this but the fact that it's covered in slime, it feels like the implication is that the monster, um, like, personally attacked the embassy. Like it, like it, it targeted the embassy. I guess maybe. There's like a, there's like a bunch of slime covered in the They targeted things. It's America. Like, exactly, they target the monster targeted Americans. It knew what it was doing. They find a yes. walkie-talkie and then someone speaking English is on it. So they got they all get excited like, "Wow, it's an English person on the the radio. Can you hear us?" "Hello, hello." Well, they're talking American. I think. I think they. they I think do one say of them literally American. says yeah. they're speaking American. <laughs> but then an earthquake happens before they can properly contact them, and and they just lose access to the walkie-talkie afterwards. And we'll never, we'll never get back to this again. This this does not go anywhere. So just forget about it. Doesn't nothing. Don't worry about the walkie-talkie. Now we're on a new scene. It's, it's new scene it's, now. New scene, new scene. We gotta move, 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 move. They didn't find Nothing some is random. But we still have to yeah. keep moving. <laughs> they find some random Japanese people who decide to help them. They're all running together now. Uh, oh, another... and we've seen these people. We saw these people earlier in the movie too, like the guy with the hoodie, yeah. right? And the but guy. they're like they're yeah, like characters in the background. Probably, I'm not, I think yeah. they're supposed to be the same people from that scene, but they're the same actors. I think they reasons. literally say, "Oh, it's you again." So I think they, it is literally the you same think? people. Okay, it's whatever. Just... <laughs> sure. But it's but it's funny, and but it's but it's still funny that they would run into the same people in Tokyo. Oh yeah, yeah. But well, fine, whatever. Tokyo's a small town in America. Uh, right, it's dinky. Yeah, it's a small no, town. It's, it's, a, it's pro- a small it's town a in provincial, Kansas. It's a little provincial settlement that's like on the edge of the world, not the world's biggest city. So yeah, womp womp, another earthquake happens. So they run to a random ass van. Oh yeah, they climb into a van. Uh, Which again, I, like again, all the um, it, it, it's all the it's like all the cars in the back are like clearly like big American cars, like they're not Japanese cars. Everything about this is so fucking fake. But so they're now they're on the van, but like you know, earthquake shit happens. So they're so the I'm van sorry. is like jumping all around. 
I'm sorry. Why set this? Why set this in Tokyo? You want to do a ripoff of Cloverfield. You want to do your kaiju film. It's, Why yeah, set this they in really Tokyo? could have just had the set in L.A. and when nothing would have changed. Yeah. Why <laughs> not? I, well, I have to wonder if it's like, because this film has some weird messages it's trying to push here. Why does the asylum make things hard for themselves? Yeah, right. But serious question. I, I feels like David Michael Latt had some. Definitely, it seemed like he had some story he was trying to tell here. Maybe it's a little weird. Like the the most the most positive spin I could give to this is that Cloverfield is inspired by Japanese kaiju films. Hmm. That like it clearly. Yeah. And so the most positive spin I could give on that is the asylum wants to do a ripoff on Cloverfield, and they're like, "Well, let's go to the source material." Kaiju films. Where should we send it? Well, Japan. You know, kaiju films. That's the best possible spin I could give on this. But you're the asylum. You don't have any money. So why not just film your kaiju film in L.A.? Right. Why make it hard on yourself? Why does the asylum keep doing this to themselves? They keep tackling concepts that they don't have the resources or talent to to produce. The asylum definitely... Why? Because they think they're making real films, I think. I guess. Maybe. Hard to say, though, right? Because David Michael in a lot of interviews often seems very sort of hand-washy. It's like, well, you know, well, we're just trying to make money here. But I can't, I can't help but feel maybe he does actually care about these films he's making. He is trying really hard to make these films, but he's just not good at it. To be fair, that is a common trait among bad filmmakers. Like, this is something that James Nguyen said whenever, um, because the story that the actors of Birdemic have told is that, like, because he obviously took that movie very seriously. Mm. And that was his, like, his passion project. But any time someone pointed out, like, well, James, why would the characters be going here? Or why would they be saying this? That doesn't make sense. And his answer was always, because it's a movie. So, so, and I think Tommy was so did this too in the room. It's sort of like, why would they do that? Because it's a movie. It's Hollywood. Um, it's there's a weird sort of like uh, there's a disconnect where mm. it's like, yes, this is a serious personal project, and we take this very seriously, but we don't take it so seriously that we're actually going to like rook to address the obvious problems in the movie. So it's that's actually what you're describing makes complete sense, and it. It does. It, it it is for some reason something that's like seems to be common to bad filmmakers. A, a, a total disconnect between um, um, sort of like oh it matters and you should take it seriously, but also no we don't really we don't yeah. actually have to take it seriously because it's just a movie. And speaking of movie, uh, this is this scene's bizarre. So th- after the van and the camera stop shaking. Um, oh right! I think the monster tipped the van. Over yeah, or but the, <laughs> who can roll, say roll the camera? Dish. The camera's rolling and just sort of shaking haphazardly. So who can say what's and, really and, happening? And in that doing scene. weird digital effects that are like yeah. And then one of the dudes that are with them just sort of is dead in the van, and they're like, oh no, he he's dead. I guess we gotta fuck oh, well. off now. Goodbye. Wait, wait, wait. You come, come, come with us. Come with no. us. And for some reason, they're like, like they're, they keep saying, it like, feels like there's some sort of message they're trying to tell right now. Like, it, that's my what friend. Is, I don't... Or that's my family <laughs> member. This is the fourth time this has happened. What's the message here? This is the final time we see this event happen. Come this is the end where? Of 
come with us to where the films keep the film does this so many times where they go to location a person connected to some other dude dies and then they proceed to abandon that person and leave right. to go somewhere else i i what does it mean does it mean anything it feels like this is supposed to represent are... something Right? It feels like it wants to mean something because they, they repeat this, this motif four times in this film. Maybe Americans really are the harbingers of death. Maybe the folklore of this movie actually has something going for it. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Sarah then finds a doctor. And then, of course, they just start interviewing him and, frankly, interrogating him. They're like, oh, so do you have a family? Uh, what, do, what do you do for life? Why are you a doctor? And he's sort of casually answering these questions. He he speaks a very little tiny bit of English, um, and they um, that's right. He 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 heals um, her little wound on her leg, which she got when the van rolled over. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully she wasn't dead like the other guy in that van. So then the so right. then the doctor hears some dudes whispering near them. He's like, "Okay, wait, come with me over here," and it's just like, "Okay, you have to get out of here right now." Why? Because the U.S. is dropping bombs on Tokyo. Huh? Sorry? What? What? To be huh? to be fair, Sorry? that is what? also what the American military <laughs> does to Manhattan at the end of Cloverfield. Mm. Um, although that's just Manhattan and Cloverfield, and here apparently it's all of Tokyo. <laughs> it's just Tokyo. Which is much bigger. Well, again, in case really you David, didn't know, it's very clear David Michael Lat doesn't bigger. know that there's neighborhoods in Tokyo. It's just all, he clearly thinks it's all just yeah, Tokyo. He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know that there's, like, different districts in yeah. Tokyo and that, like, Tokyo Prefecture is huge and, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> it's, it's really funny that people still claim it was an earthquake because that's what the film started to pick, despite the fact that people are bombing Tokyo, which, you oh, know, right. you can really, you can really hide that fact. right. Okay, again, it's like it, 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 the premise of this movie <laughs> is that a monster attacked Tokyo and, and somehow yeah. this was covered, covered up, up as just a big earthquake. And, and the fact that a monster attacked it somehow was covered up in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Fucking Tokyo. Well, again, only 10 people live in Tokyo, John. So it's okay. It's a small Midwestern uh, town in Kansas, Tokyo. Evidently, yes. So, so this is the big finale of the film: is them running through some fire and some bombs and people shooting at the tentacles that are now clearly now mm-hmm. now finally visible. Um, and it's it's a uh, um, tentacles it's again, that that car that that car on fire in the street again. The only time the asylum has actually like acquired permits to like film in a public space and actually do something with that space. They run around. Um, but suddenly one of the tentacles hits and uh, brutally injures Aaron. So when, so then Sarah freaks out. She runs up to Aaron, who's dying. And she's like, no, don't die, Aaron. Oh, no. Ah. And then and then the tape ends. And the camera does the dumb, weirdest effects when the tape ends. Like, there's a moment where it, cut, it's, it cuts to... Um, um, widescreen i suppose or like but like with like the bars on top but it's just like a thin band down the middle is all that's showing and it's freezing on her her face it's a very weird choice and you know what have been like a okay what they should have done 
I think the thing is they should have had Sarah leave Aaron and run away, which would have concluded the motif they've had for the entire film. But no, she just sort of cries in front of Aaron and the film and the film ends pretty well, much. Because this time, because this time an American died. <laughs> oh, the important, the important person dies. Exactly. They're important because they're white and they're American. But um, okay. We think it's like the only final Americans in Tokyo. Where it's like Aaron and Sarah have never been seen again. Uh, but the dad of the of the of the children uh, posts this on the internets, and he he he's trying to get down to the bottom of this. And it's like, okay, what? How do you even get the tape? Yep. How did that? What? Uh. I don't know. That's the film, or is it? Because then we get some post-credits. Oh, right. There's more. No, there's more. <laughs> now, this is the first time we've ever seen post- a post credit scene in a silent film. And, yeah. Uh, these these are post credit Like, they're just... Uh, do you want to help me explain what <laughs> what these scenes are? They're shots from their fictional documentary. They're interviewing they're people about global warming in in Tokyo and they fa- they found people who speak English in Tokyo and they're interviewing them about global warming and the questions they're asking them are extremely basic and well, generic. again it's it's what but Tokyo thinks kind of, America is doing about global warming but also like their own attitudes about global warming like they're asking them like the, there's the one guy and they're asking them like are you do and he's just like well it doesn't personally affect me so yeah. no i'm not doing anything about it it's just sort of like okay that's more of an american attitude than the japanese mm. attitude but okay and then they're asking like you know like the the two Jap- japanese i have to say in quotation marks because these are clearly asian americans yeah. they have american accents like they are clearly not japanese <laughs> like at least not like native japanese they're clearly like you know asian americans but um they like there's the 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 two women there and they're asking like oh what do you think America's doing about it and they sort of laugh and they're like um uh the well there's the celebrity uh Leonardo DiCaprio he made they, that climate change movie he the climate change movies and they the celebrities drive the the eco cars mm-hmm. the hybrid cars that's also another weird aspect of this is that these Asian Americans have to pretend they don't <laughs> speak English very well yeah um. That's kind, that was kind of uncomfortable. But, Man, this um, whole film's uncomfortable when you think about it too much. <laughs> this was a mean, big bundle like, of questionable uh, opinions of what they think the a foreign nation peop- is like. What a foreign nation is like and also what a foreign nation's understanding of America is. Because people yeah. have a much better understanding of America, uh, especially in fucking Japan. Exactly. It's so David Michael Atta, <laughs> right? That is presented in this movie. It's so David Michael had to think that like, Japan's this faraway place. They don't even know what America really is. So that we're, we're we're going to Tokyo and asking questions about what they think of America. This would be ignorant. This would be an ignorant depiction of any foreign country mm. in terms of like what they know of America, because our cultural impact, our cultural um, output, I should say, to the rest of the world is vast. Like people, like everywhere around the world, people have a pretty like solid idea of what america is and how it acts and it's they're not always 
correct, but they at least have some sense of it. In Japan, even more so because there's such a strong tie between the Japanese culture and the Japanese economy and our culture and our economy. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, yes, Japan does have some odd ideas and some funny ideas about what American culture is. And if you want a perfect example of that, Metal Wolf Chaos is the ultimate example of what they think America is. Mm. And it's hilarious. Hida Kojima is um, But great they at one. least have some ideas. But they at least have some. Oh yeah, k- k- yeah, of course. Metal, uh, Metal, uh, Gear. Metal Gear Solid, uh, the Metal Gear series, of course. Um, but like, but they at least have some like sense of like what America is, and they have a much better sense of what America is doing about climate change than is presented in this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is 2007, so this is right after Inconvenient Truth came out. And this is this is this brief moment in our history where we actually kind of cared about global warming. It's so weird that they they, they shoved it in there. This is the moment. I mean, this is also the moment when Birdemic was made. This is this one little moment in in our history where the the cultural uh, uh, the mainstream cultural and political apparatus actually had to kind of pretend to give a shit about global warming and also even that term even even using that term feels dated because we don't no one says global warming anymore we say climate change now yeah. but at the time we, they were saying global warming um, but um, but yeah it was this weird little moment where like we were all pretending like like they all had to kind of pretend that they actually cared about that and there were things like Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth and, you know, things like that. And 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 then that just that just vanished. That just vanished. Um, that was like in, in the sort of um, It's really funny in Birdemic though, they go to see in Inconvenient Truth as well. Oh god, I love that. <laughs> that was a good movie, An Inconvenient Truth. Um, but yeah no like the election of obama and then the subsequent rise of the the backlash of the uh, rise of the tea party movement and the sort of like absolute denial of like anything libs uh like you know uh supported or even claimed to support um kind of killed uh our sort of like kind of unified sense of like oh global warming we have to do something like there was this weird this brief brief moments of political consensus where people at least said yeah global warming we should do something about that not that they actually did something about that i mean it was kind of they were very hollow claims but they at least had to claim it and then that just went away but this is but this is a little um this is a little like you know peace from that moment and it's i wasn't expecting it out of the asylum it's funny that it comes with all this utter baggage, though. <laughs> it's so it's so weirdly Birdemic, though, isn't it? It's like it, it really. I know is. this came out before Birdemic, obviously, but it's 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 really weird that they even bothered filling this in because they really didn't have to. I mean, it's definitely made at the same time as Birdemic, but yeah, Birdemic had a very delayed um, release, mm. shall we say? It's bizarre. It, again, it really feels like David Michael is trying to say something about this film. I don't know what it is, but it felt like he was... I don't think was... he even knows what he's saying. Mm. He wrote a bunch of... There's a bunch of weird motifs they go back to his, in this film. They constantly... They they reference them constantly. There's sort of an imperialistic view of America and Japan. There's this kind Not of... really. I'm in the movie. Oh, how so? 
Well, they're constantly talking about like you, the Americans are here. We gotta kick them out. The the monsters in Japan are rising no up to one kick is about talking the foreign about, occupation. No one is talking about kicking the Americans out. That's the but monsters they are, are doing. But they, that's the whole point of the but monster. But they are attacking. blaming the Americans for it. Kind well, of. That's, well, see, now I'm assuming the monster a target at the embassy, though, right? I think that's. The I was gonna say going the most for. imperialistic thing is the American military blowing up Japan at the end of the movie. Well, it's all but. connected, though, right? It's all part of the same thing. I'm pretty sure what they're going for was that the monster personally targeted the American embassy and destroyed it. I like that. It's not like exactly that. like weird though, I right? Because think... they focus on the slime. There's a bunch of slime. It's the embassy's covered in slime, okay. so clearly the monster attacked it. I I. It's the only time they bring up the whole slime thing too, right? So it it feels important, right? That. <laughs> It feels like the the film is trying to say something about America and Japan. I, I don't know, really know what it is though. You might though if you want to. Yeah, if you want to go. I have a I have a different theory. Uh, I don't think David Michael Ladd is trying to say anything specific. I think it's a poor appropriation of motifs of a genre that he does not understand. Sure. And in this case, and that's just the asylum overall. <laughs> that's but the in asylum this general, case, yeah. we're I'm talking frankly giving the, him the, too much the genre. Right uh, the genre is kaiju films, and the original kaiju film is Godzilla, and Godzilla is about a monster that is awoken by atomic bombs. Who had the atomic bombs? The United States. So there was, Godzilla was a metaphor for atomic warfare. Mm. It was a commentary on American imperialism and the destruction of World War II wrought upon Japan. Um, and so that became a motif in kaiju films, um, especially Godzilla, but other you know kaiju films as well, um, that like the American military is this sort of presence in the background because Japan was not allowed to have a military yeah. for a very long time um, very as recently. part of our occupation. It, yeah, it was only very recently that that they were allowed to, um, and so that was that was one of the conditions of our occupation. So. The sort of presence of the American military and the dominance of our empire is a common motif in kaiju films. And I think what's happening here is David Michael Ladd is picking up on that. And then he's also bringing in things from Cloverfield, like the fact that the American military blows up New York at the end of yeah. the movie. Same thing here. But he, but he's assembling them in such a way that, yes, it feels like he's trying to say something, but he's not. Because it's he's just put these pieces together without realizing that these pieces have inherent meaning. And so you're seeing the inherent meaning, but there's no intended meaning. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. And that's also very typically the assignment general. That definitely reminds me of, speaking of up the next film we're doing next time, which will be... I'm going to rush this right now because it's my point I'm talking. We're going to watch another Faith film next time. It's going to be uh, 2012 The Apocalypse. And the older thing about Faith films is a perfect example of this, where they're not really making Christian films. They're trying to sell the idea that they they, they are Christian making Christian films when they're clearly, clearly not. Right. It's that one interview where it's like, oh, well, our buyer wanted Christian films, so we made one for them to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what you're saying it's, right now actually fits into that sort of, like, you know, the, very the thesis on the nose. of the asylum. It's, which is the very on the nose. 
it's it's sort of a it's a it's a crass commercial it's commercialism at, at its most crass yeah it's just like ah we can throw some shit together and just here you go you idiots like this right if not blockbuster will buy a hundred thousand copies and who cares yeah if you like <laughs> whether you like it or don't blockbuster is still buying the copies so yeah all right <laughs> that was a lot um, that was a lot. But I noticed that this had another special thanks to Lake Scott at the end of this one. Speaking of which, uh, I don't. Oh I, f- oh, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, do you want to mention the crazy credit? Well, I mean, was, and this was there wasn't really much to it. Kind of weird. Uh, it was I weird thought one. it was. It was. I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah. The events, characters, and firms depicted in this photo play are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Or is it? You be the judge. That's what I want to talk about. Hmm. So I, I like that it's like, or is it you be the judge? Um, no. <laughs> again, this is a legal disclaimer. <laughs> I don't think you should leave interpretation of the legal disclaimer up to the the reader of the legal disclaimer. That kind of defeats well, the I purpose really... <laughs> of a legal disclaimer. I really think they... I... Oh, you be the judge. <laughs> well, okay then, I'll be the judge. I say that the events in this film are not coincidental, and I'm suing you for it. Um. I really, I, I really think the asylum should just take the crazy credits from Snakes on a Train, the one where it's like a child was killed, but it was pretty cool. And they should just put that on every single film. Yes. <laughs> just admit, admit that people died in the making of <laughs> in this the ma- movie. In the making of every single asylum film. Us. A child we is killed. At, in, a child is killed in every single asylum film, but it was cool. It's always a very cool death. It's always like, yeah, but he deserved it. Then we get some like fun machoism where it's like, no animals were harmed in the production of the screenplay. Ownership of this motion picture is protected by copyright and other applicable laws. You know, if you try to break it, uh, you'll be in trouble. You know, blah, because blah, blah. of criminal prosecution as well as civil liability and a foot through the ass. Yeah, yeah. It's like you will be you'll be prosecuted to the fullest of the law and and get a foot up the ass. I was like, okay, so is that is that legally binding? <laughs> yes. Like, you know, is that legally binding foot up the ass? Are you like you know how how are we gonna do this? Where are we gonna do this? Are we gonna just in the courtroom or um, do we have to schedule an appointment for the foot for the ass kicking? Um, a foot up the ass. I mean, this is a legal disclaimer. So when we say foot up the ass, how far up the ass does it have to go to be considered up the ass? Does it have to be like in, or does it have to be over? Um, like, I mean, this this is a legal disclaimer. So I want to take yeah. a legal framework to this legal. But disclaimer. if we do get sued by the asylum, I would like to know where the foot is going. <laughs> Like, I mean, they did say they did say you be the judge, so <laughs> I'm just being the judge. I will okay? counter sue them because you know, to be fair, they did kill that child. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, do you recommend this film, by the way? Um, no, but this was definitely a very entertaining film Certainly. to talk about, and uh, Maybe as, not as to far watch, as what yeah. we. Yeah, I wouldn't bother watching it. Um, it did give me newfound appreciation for Cloverfield, which again I already actually liked. Mm. Like I, I like Cloverfield. Um, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, and I, I, under, I understand perfectly why. But I like it, and this movie makes me appreciate it even more. Um, I, um, 
Yeah, uh, as far as the Asylum shit goes, this is, like, more competent, but weirder. Yeah. And so that actually made it more entertaining, as as far as Asylum Fair goes. But, um, no, I wouldn't recommend it. Same here. Absolutely. Fun to talk Fun to talk about, and fun also to see all these shots of Little Tokyo trying to be used in place of Tokyo, and it just does not brook at all. But, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> what a weird film um so yeah tune in next time we're going to talk about 2012 doomsday the second faith yeah. film they've done so far how how uh yes how timely a modern christian epic in the tradition of the omega code do, oh. do you make a are we talking about the omega man or the omega, what i don't know what that means let me look up the omega, omega code, code. Uh, Maybe Omega Code's just some weird Christian film that I've never heard of, and there are a lot of those where it's like they're they're big they're they're known to these Christian film people, but like not to like regular audiences. The Omega Code's a nineteen ninety nineteen ninety nine apocalyptic thriller. Um, oh, it's a Christian. Christian. Apo- yeah, it's Christian. Yeah, yeah, okay, that 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 tracks. Because I mean, that is something when you're making a Christian film, you have to sort of. And I think um, the apocalypse was the same thing. They said, like, in the tradition of such and such. And I'm like, the fuck? What are you talking about? <laughs> I looked it up. And it was one of these Christian films that I'd never heard of yes, before. And, but they're big for Christians. So. An ancient prophecy foretold, a scientific discovery revealed. Uh, two things that Christians are not too fond of. No. Um, yeah, this film's going to totally, shove in the Mayan calendar thing, but also be, like, Christian, though. Which is weird, but like, yeah. How do you do a Mayan calendar thing in a Christian? <laughs> don't don't film? think about it. Like, oh, don't think oh, about it. Don't, 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 don't you know, think about the, it. That Christian society is <laughs> the the Bible. The Bible predicted twenty twelve as well as the Mayans. I, I guess these are these are all things I'm sure I'm gonna say in our next uh, podcast. Certainly. So I should probably save my breath. But all right. Yes. Uh, end quote. I'm just gonna go with it's stupid, like manga cartoon. Because if, really, if the slime falls into that, maybe a bit. <laughs> um, end quote I'll go with is, um, he's speaking American. Very good. We're all speaking American on this blessed day. Or, or I could also go with, um, you're so retarded. Right, now that was a weird one. Not P- they... Now that's not PC. <laughs> and this is from the dumb banter at the start of the movie that we just sort of glossed over because it was stupid. Well, yeah, we're two amateur uh, professional podcasters, hey. and we're going to be signing off here. We're we're a small crew, but we're competent. Certainly. Uh, another line stolen. Well, yeah. Let me movie. let me throw a bunch of like shitty effects throughout this whole podcast while we're speaking, do, so it's like it's like lost the footage. Sound this whole this whole this whole podcast. <laughs> this whole podcast is lost footage. Actually, this is discovered. You found this uh, on a you on found a, this. abandoned This was website. actually recorded in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> when the film came out? Yeah, certainly. All right. Yeah. This, will this be our first or last podcast? You be the judge. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Oh, do you want to drop the email before oh, we yeah, go? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, if you have any opinions about, I don't know, <laughs> the 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 cultural connection about global between... warming about global warming yeah. what, do you, what do you think about global warming that term we still use and more importantly what america's doing about global warming especially right now 
Yeah, especially right now. Well, right now we're actually doing pretty good for mm. global warming. This is right now. To what be we're fair, doing we're actually to be fair, John. We're actually doing nothing. We're actually doing nothing because it's 2008. <laughs> you know what? It turned out nothing was the best thing we could doing have possibly Doing nothing done. was great. It worked just fine. Doing nothing. All right. Thanks, thank you for listening. It's uh, Enter the Asylum Podcast at gmo.com. Have a good one, everybody. Goodbye. Enjoy your quarantine. Yes. Farewell. Bye. Stay safe. And stay. I went to Tokyo. I went to Tokyo. I went to Tokyo.